0: Welcome back to the Sports Media Watch podcast. This is John Lewis going it alone again. Drew Lerner will be back next week. If you have not already, please subscribe to the SMW podcast feed on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive on in and start with the World Series. I'm taping late Tuesday night. The Texas Rangers are up 11 to one. The Arizona Diamondbacks as they try to take a three games to one lead in the fall classic. So, uh, I'm not expecting an old takes exposed here when I say, obviously, Texas will very likely be up 3 1 following a very ugly blowout. That's the last thing Major League Baseball or Fox needed because this World Series has struggled in the ratings already. Three of the four smallest World Series audiences on record in the first three games, including the two single smallest World Series audiences of all time for game two. On Saturday and game three on Monday. Let's be real. We all knew this series was not going to be a TV hit. Having said that, I did not think the bubble was in play. I did not think you were going to see numbers that were lower than Dodgers' rays in 2020. When we talk about 2020, and obviously we all remember 2020, it was three years ago, but just to put it in perspective, we're talking about a series in a half empty stadium a neutral site, half-empty stadium. And while baseball had the advantage of being on at its normal time of year, unlike the NBA, which was on, you know, months out of season, the NHL, months out of season, all sorts of events were disrupted. Even though baseball had the advantage of being on at its normal time of the year, it was also two weeks or so before one of the most heated elections in American history. This was the time when, you know, the cable news networks were Drawing unbelievable numbers, Tucker Carlson was getting six million a night. Um, it was a horrible time to have live sports, right? Like it was just the worst year for live sports as far as ratings goes that anybody could envision. So, you would typically expect that 2020 would be in a class by itself. It would be the year where you would say, uh, except for 2020, this is the lowest, you know, since whenever. I was not expecting that this would be lower than that. Uh, And obviously, at this point, with Texas looking like they're going to take a 3-1 lead, remember, that 2020 World Series went 6. It's entirely possible this World Series will go only 5. And uh, so I think right now, it's a pretty safe bet that this will be the least watched world series ever and i did not think that would happen i knew the ratings would be lower i thought it would be more like heat nuggets remember with heat nuggets every game except for game 4 was within you know a single digit percentage point of warriors celtics right you know game 1 was down 3% it was shockingly close to warriors celtics that's the reason why even though the numbers are low historically, most of the conversation about last year's finals was positive because nobody thought that series was going to be that close to Warriors-Celtics. Um, I figured that you would see something similar with Texas-Arizona. Last year's World Series wasn't so hot. Phillies-Astros was not one of the top-rated World Series of all time. It did well by today's standards, but you know it was not a strong series uh, historically. So I figured it'll be down from that, but we're probably talking maybe ten million or so. You know, um, maybe maybe one of the early games is under ten million, but I would not have thought we were talking we'd, we'd be talking about the two smallest audiences ever. Uh, so I- I'm surprised. Obviously, game one did well by comparison to games two and three. That was the only game that was compelling. Game three was. You know, not a blowout, but it also just was not compelling. Also, aired opposite Monday Night Football. A very important caveat: the the two record low games both faced football college on Saturday, pros on on Monday. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty surprisingly rough numbers, and the household ratings are worse because you know household ratings never used to go below a six. I remember when Astros Nationals had a game that was under a six rating and it it wasn't on a Saturday, right? Because you expect the Saturday game to be record low. I think it was like a Sunday game. It was under a six rating and you're like, wow, that's surprising. Now we're talking first three games of the World Series. 4.0. A 4.0 rating for game two. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I see what people write on social media and they say, well, who cares? Who cares about ratings? And I'm not saying you need to care about ratings. I'm just saying that I look at a 4.0 rating for a World Series game and I'm still pretty surprised that that's in play. Because that's COVID only, right? Across the board. Like in the NBA, I think a couple of those Bucks Suns games in 21 were in the 4.0 range. But for the most part, if we're talking about a if we're talking about a 4.0 rating for a marquee sporting event, That isn't hockey. That's that's COVID. That's a COVID year. We've not seen that beyond the COVID year. So uh, definitely very ugly start to this World Series, and it's going to need to go seven in order to avoid a record low. But the numbers have been so bad so far that I actually think, you know, I'm not I'm not going to guarantee that it'll avoid a record low even if it goes seven. In this game tonight, eleven to one. I mean, goodness, not exactly what they needed. It's entirely possible that this will be even lower than games two and three, because it's such a blowout. So even without a lot of competition, can you imagine a third straight record low? So it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough out there. And uh, the demo numbers are, are really ugly. 1.1 in 18 to 34. You know the World Series not that long ago was still getting in the fours in in some of these demos, and they're barely able to get a two in 25 to 54. If you follow the ratings, obviously the ratings are lower in 18 to 34, higher in 18 to 49, and then higher still in 25 to 54. When you can only get two percent of 25 to 54s for the World Series. Yeah, rough start for the World Series. Very, um, you know, worse even than the low expectations that I think people had. Uh, And uh, maybe just one more game to go after tonight. The other thing, too, for baseball that makes this different from 2020 is that in 2020, as badly as baseball did, it still did better than the NBA Finals and Uh, The the decline from the previous year was more modest than a lot of other leagues and a lot of other events were having. So even at a record low, baseball didn't look that bad. Like everybody was in the mud in 2020 and baseball was actually the cleanest of all the ones that were in the mud. Uh, This time around, this is going to be substantially lower than the NBA finals. It's amazing to me that they were closer to the NBA finals last year when it was Warriors Celtics. And much further off the pace this year when it's uh, Nuggets Heat, Um, but uh, they'll they'll be much further behind the NBA this year than they were last year. Um, Obviously, the comparison to the NFL is is getting worse and worse. I mean, nearly doubled by Monday Night Football head to head. Uh, Even though a lot of leagues have had a bad year, not a bad year. A lot of leagues have had a difficult year because matchups have not worked out the way they wanted. Um, But you know. I mean, the NBA finals wasn't as bad as this. I would say even the Stanley Cup final wasn't quite as bad as this. I mean, those were not all time lows and they were all on cable too. So there's a built-in excuse. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's interesting, but let's get to the core question, right? This is something I've, this is something I've been wondering about. Do ratings matter? Because whenever you talk about ratings, particularly ratings for baseball, because there's a lot of really defensive baseball fans out there who, if you talk about ratings, they'll find a way to find your article while complaining about the fact that people are talking about ratings, which ratings are a pretty niche subject. So if you're finding the ratings article, I don't know how you're finding that if you don't care about it. But anyway, whatever. Um... They say, well, no one cares about ratings. Do ratings really matter? And of course, why should ratings matter to a fan? It is kind of ridiculous, the idea that ratings should matter to the fan in the stands of the fan watching on TV. Baseball's been renewed for several more seasons. This is not going to end up like the Mick on Fox, right? Uh, where, you know, you have your little cliffhanger at the end of season two, and that's it. Baseball's been renewed. It's coming back. Uh, It's coming back year after year after year until 2028, unless, of course, there's an opt-out we don't know about. Um, And after 2028, baseball will probably get renewed again uh, by the same network, because baseball gets better ratings than anything Fox could ever get. And the price tag isn't that high. I don't think any individual... uh, Companies paying a billion for baseball. I mean, decently reasonable. So you don't need to worry about baseball going off the air. Does it matter? I mean, what does it matter? Oh my goodness. 8 million viewers. What does that even mean? It means, okay, fewer people were watching the World Series. All right. Doesn't mean that people won't watch next year. It's just one year. And I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting topic to me because I do think the ratings are interesting. And I think that most people who follow sports ratings are interested to know viewer behavior. I think people are always interested to know, you know, hey, do people respond to this, right? Um, Every single website on the internet has Google Analytics on it. And, you know, most webmasters are looking to see, hey, what were people reading? Now, of course, it's a little bit more personal when it's your business and you're trying to keep it afloat than when you're just a third party observer with no skin in the game. But I think people are interested to know what's popular and what's not. What makes people tune in? Even within the context of this very subpar world series uh, in terms of ratings, you can see the game that was actually exciting had more viewers than the game that wasn't. Obviously, this is common sense, right? But it's not always the case that you can put hard data or as hard as Nielsen's data is behind common sense, right? We can say, we know the game that was, you know, actually close had more viewers than the games that were not right. We, we, we know that Arizona and Texas don't resonate the same way that Philly and Houston did, you know, uh, and I think those are worthwhile things to know. I don't think it means baseball is dying or baseball is dead, as I said last week, but I definitely think it's useful to know that the bubble was not an aberration for baseball, that baseball is entirely capable of going right back into 2020 as a viewership property for the world series. I did not know that going into this series. It makes you wonder maybe every sport that had a disproportionately bad 2020, maybe all of these sports could end right back up in the muck. We haven't seen that yet. Only baseball so far. We have not seen the Kentucky Derby come anywhere close to 2020 in the NBA. 2021 was not that much higher than 20. But obviously, since the league's gotten back on schedule, we've not seen anything close to the bubble, even though the numbers are not normal by, you know, by 2019 standards, we've seen nothing close to the bubble, even in hockey. Well, I think in hockey, there were a couple of games this year between Panthers, the Panthers and the Golden Knights that, that got into bubble territory. But again, you know, that's Cable. So that's new information to me, and I think it matters that baseball could end up right back where it was in 2020, viewership-wise. I think that's interesting information. I think it's interesting information to Fox, too. Not that I think that they would ever decide we're going to part ways with baseball because of one year of bad ratings, but the numbers this year are concerning enough, I guess, that I do think you'll see changes next year. Uh, A lot of people are talking about, on social media, the necessity, and and on my site, some of my commenters uh, are talking about the necessity of getting back to the Tuesday start. Yeah, I'd agree, because I think there was a bullishness on Friday and Saturday nights that has not worked out. Maybe the cart was put before the horse on Friday and Saturdays in the out-of-home era. So, because I need to back up here. The reason for the bullishness on Fridays and Saturdays is because of -of out-of-home viewing. Because, obviously, before out-of-home, Fridays and Saturdays were, and still are, very poor nights for television ratings. The reason for this has always been assumed because people are out of their homes. There's a lot of people who go out, they go partying, whatever it is people do on Friday and Saturday nights. The inclusion of -of out-of-home viewing in Nielsen's estimates is intended to capture these viewers, these viewers who are out of the house on Fridays and Saturdays. They're at the bar. And finally, for the first time, we can get that audience included in the ratings. And there was some evidence of a higher than typical out-of-home lift on Friday and Saturday nights. May very well still be the case, but But whatever out-of-home lift you're getting on a Friday or Saturday night simply is not enough to make those nights the equivalent of any other night of the week. There's still going to be nights you don't want to air the games. And I think for baseball, the Friday night start was a nice idea. It was an interesting idea. But basically, you have the entire beginning of the World Series completely swamped. By football. It's not the way you want to go. With the Tuesday start, you're starting in that little lull between NFL weeks. Tuesday and Wednesday, there's not a lot going on. You only have the NBA and hockey to compete with, and you can get at least a little momentum for your series before the NFL comes in and gobbles up everybody's attention. So I think the Tuesday start that they had until last year is what they need to go back to. One of the reasons you go away from the Tuesday start is the NFL competition on Sundays. But let's be real. If ABC is going to be simulcasting Monday Night Football, and we don't know whether or not ABC is going to come back with a full season of simulcasts next year. But the fact is, ABC, every single season of this new deal with the NFL, has simulcasts built into its schedule. You never know. They might use them opposite the World Series every year. Who knows? But the point is, if ABC is going to be simulcasting Monday Night Football, then the competition on Monday nights is just as bad as the competition on Sunday nights. So you've seen that the inclusion of ABC has made Monday night football basically the equivalent of Sunday night football. So you're not getting any benefit from avoiding the NFL on Sunday nights with the current schedule because Monday nights just as bad. So the way I look at it is you go back to that Tuesday start. If you get hammered by the NFL on, on the Sunday nights, so be it. Now, obviously, for years, the Sunday night game was one of the most watched of any World Series because it would have a direct lead in from the NFL. What the NFL did in recent years, and it's one of the reasons why the World Series schedule has changed, is the NFL stopped giving Fox a doubleheader during the World Series. And as we saw with volleyball over the weekend, and I'll get to that later, the NFL lead in is a massive deal. The NFL lead in is the only way you can compete on Sundays during the NFL season. Uh, If you don't have that lead-in, and you're just going up against the NFL without any benefit from the NFL, you're going to have some trouble. So that's one of the reasons, in my opinion anyway, that baseball moved away from the old schedule. But the way I look at it is, on Monday nights, you're going up against the NFL without a lead-in anyway. So why don't we dip? Quickly into that volleyball number. Uh 1.66 million for regional action on Fox. This is adjacent to the NFL single hitter window. 76% of the country got the early NFL game, which means they got Wisconsin, Minnesota afterward. That includes in Minnesota and Wisconsin a direct lead-in from Vikings Packers into that Wisconsin-Minnesota game. So just a tremendously smart programming effort by Fox in the Big Ten. Worked out great. Uh, That is the kind of viewership that uh, I don't know if they can build on it uh, realistically, because a lot of the time with that single header adjacent window, it's a big number for that window, and it doesn't necessarily carry into anything. But given the overall momentum for women's college volleyball, maybe they picked up a few extra fans. Uh, And uh, this is how you have to schedule things in the NFL season. You've got to be creative. This was a, a smart. Scheduling move on, on, on behalf of Fox and the Big Ten. Let's shift gears a bit. Obviously, we could talk about football ratings. Football ratings are always great. Another strong week for the NFL. The numbers are, are, are great for the NFL. Uh, college football had a bit of a quieter week. But I want to get into the NBA, which started a week ago, Tuesday. And uh, it started with the least watched opening night in nine years. And that was a bit of an eye-opener. Now, remember, that was opposite Game 7 of the NLCS, Uh, and uh, the baseball playoffs will obviously outdo the NBA regular season, and the Phillies were still around in that Game 7 of the NLCS, so the numbers were actually pretty good. Uh, Nine million, the equivalent of these World Series games. Actually, uh, a lot better than uh, Games 2 and 3 of the World Series. So that was a rough start. And, you know, the, the, the vultures start circling whenever the NBA has a low rating. Um, but after that, just a tremendously successful opening week and the most watched opening week in six years. Well, what happened? Well, the very next night, Victor Romanyama's debut had more viewers than either of the opening night games, which is very rare in the NBA. It was up 83% from the same window last year. Celtics Knicks led in with a really strong number as well. The first six games of the season. So opening night, then the Wednesday doubleheader on ESPN and the Thursday doubleheader on TNT, all six of them had at least 2 million viewers. That's a lot for the NBA in the last five years or so to get, you know, every single game over 2 million viewers. The Friday games were a bit lower than that. Um, the Friday games came in uh, both under 2 million, but overall the most watched opening week of an NBA season since 2017. And by the way, 2017, that was a really strong opening week. Five million viewers for Celtics Cavs uh, that, that, uh, that night in 2017, Kyrie versus LeBron. Everyone remembers that was the Gordon Hayward game with that injury five minutes in. Uh, that was a very heavily hyped game. And uh, five million is not a number you see for NBA regular season games anymore. So that 2017 average uh, definitely uh, to be the highest since then is to be the highest since a different era of the NBA on TV. On the topic of the NBA, did want to note Mike Green getting a contract extension from ESPN, not just through the end of the current meteorite seal, because his contract already went through the end of the current meteorite seal. It's a four-year extension on top of the next two years. So Mike Green's committing to stay with ESPN until 2029, 2030, somewhere around there. Uh, this is according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Because obviously, ESPN does not tell you the details of their talent contracts in their press releases. So, what does this mean? It means that whatever happens going forward with additional NBA rights partners, as long as ESPN continues to ear the NBA, Mike Green will continue to call those games for ESPN. Let's say NBC gets a package. Let's say NBC gets the finals. Mike Green will still be working for ESPN. NBC will have to get somebody else. That'll be the case for Amazon and whoever else. Uh, and, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. If say ESPN loses the finals, Mike Green's been calling the finals a long time, and it would be very strange for him to go back to, uh, you know, just kind of going through the conference finals or who knows what ESPN's new, new deal might include, maybe even less than that, or maybe they get locked out of the conference finals. I doubt it, but you just never know. It's certainly a, uh, an interesting move by Breen. He just watched his two partners, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy get laid off. And we know that ESPN could care less about, you know, the service you've put in or how many more years are left on your deal. You know, if, if it comes time for layoffs and they think you can, they can save some money cutting you, then they're going to. Um, so definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. The fact that Mike Green has committed to ESPN when there's probably going to be opportunities at other networks in the next couple of years. Well, I am taping tonight on Halloween, so I thought I'd wrap up with uh, some of my Halloween stories from today. Did get some trick-or-treaters, and I did not have quite enough candy. Or, well, I would have had enough candy, except that my way of dealing with the trick-or-treaters was to say, take as much as you want. Probably not the smartest way of dealing with that. Long story short, I did have to include some mixed nuts, some, uh, some individualized packages of mixed nuts I had to include. Uh, so, you know, antioxidant, me- mega omega nuts. Uh, not really what they were looking for, but when you've run completely out of candy, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, so, yeah, uh, probably some, some kids who aren't too thrilled about their, their Halloween haul as a result of that. All right. That will wrap things up on the Sports Media Watch podcast for this week. I'm on the Richard Deitch podcast as well this week, so listen to me there. As I said earlier, back to the normal format next week with me and Drew Lerner. In the meantime, thanks again for listening, and I hope you had a great Halloween. We'll be back next week.